0: Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What drives you is brought to you by Zigler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. you are driven you have all the drive you need within you but is it in alignment with your true values and your core desires we're on a journey together to unearth what really drives us what matters most, so we can drive further faster and be enjoying the ride when you know what drives you what you want becomes inevitable this is what drives you and i'm your host kevin miller this is my big idea in action episode uh, to distill down our series on inner mastery. I mean, inner mastery in essence, I mean, that is your drive. Your drive isn't out there. It's all inside of you. It's just waiting for you to get it in the right gear and up upshift. As I said in part three, however, think about it as inner mastering. It's not something you're just going to arrive at. It's the day by day pursuit of growth to understand and better manage and be your true self, which we'll talk about what that is. So, our expert for this series again, Hitendra Wadwa, professor at Columbia Business School, author of the new book, Inner Mastery, Outer Impact How Your Five Core Energies Hold the Key to Success. You can see it over my shoulder if you're watching the video and uh speaking of that if you're watching the video i'm in a jacket because i'm recording i came i just popped in my office on the weekend and they uh they have the temperature set really low and it's snowing like mad outside so it's just chilly so uh, join me for a chilly show here following here are the primary topics that really stuck out from this series on inner mastery yeah Hey, a quick couple notes before we dive in here. This show originated from me hosting The Ziggler Show. If you're a coach, I urge you to get the wisdom and sales skills of Zig Ziggler equipping you to be an influential and successful coach. Go to Ziggler.com to inspire your true coaching performance. And a reminder, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, please go subscribe to the show again, as they recently changed their algorithm and it's caused a lot of shows to drop off of your list. You might want to do it with other shows you listen to as well. And then last, I started an online community with my dad, Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work and Life You Love, 17 years ago is when we started one. We're opening the fourth generation of that community. It's called the Drive Tribe. It's a paid online community where we, I'm there in there with you, come together with people uh, like us who want to drive further, faster, and enjoy the ride every day. We give special attention to influencers And what drives you in your life and desire to influence others and what drives people to you to have the opportunity to be influenced by you. Check out kevinmiller.co. Click on community to find more. All right, let's talk about your inner mastery, which is the primary aspect of your drive. Okay, our premise here again tendra Wadwa's book, Inner Mastery, Outer Impact, How Your Five Core Energies Hold the Key to Success. Again, those five core energies, purpose, wisdom, growth, love, self-realization. I'll say them again in just a second, but think about those. He calls them five core energies. What we got into talking about in part three with my brother, Jared Angaza, was that these are the areas that we are training in. If we want inner mastery, these are our, our this our training ground right here this is what we're training in so if you look at these and go gosh i'm not giving a lot of focus to those you are not focusing on growing your inner mastery these are the pillars if you would so i'm going to repeat them again and, and a quick word to them purpose you hear that word so often purpose but think about it as your quest or your interest i used to judge wrongly people's purpose, their quest, their interest as to whether it was that valid or not. Now I have learned not to. I am so happy if anybody wakes up any day interested in something, curious about something, wanting to pursue something. Tony Robbins said the happiest people in life are simply those who are pursuing progress, positive progress towards something, anything. To that degree, it doesn't matter what it is, obviously, as long as it's not hurting other people. But it's something that you're interested in. Every day you wake up and you are, we use the word passion a lot. I use the word burden a lot. You're burdened by it. It breaks your heart or you really want it for people or you're just so excited you want to share it or you're just curious. Maybe you're not even thinking about other people. Maybe you're just really curious about that thing. I worked for with a guy who, and he was an inventor, in the cycling world. and He woke up thinking about new inventions and he made them and we used them. It's great. It Did it seem like some big altruistic thing? I don't know. I'm grateful he woke up every day and had something that he went out in the garage and tinkered with and created and produced. It gave him a good, fulfilling life. So don't judge it. So purpose. Number two is wisdom. And think about what wisdom is. We think about wisdom. I don't know what we think about wisdom culturally. I don't think that we really discern, decipher what it is or discern what it is, define what it is. Think about it like this. Knowledge. You hear something new, you have knowledge. You didn't learn it yet, but you have knowledge. To learn it is to start working it out, taking action on it, trying it, experimenting, experiencing, but putting it into action and seeing what works, what doesn't. That is what gets you wisdom. When you have tried a lot of things and seen what works, seen what doesn't, that's where you gain wisdom when you know how to apply things. We have a culture right now really bent on knowledge. We we, we think we say we learn a lot, and tr- truth, we don't. We just have gained a lot of knowledge. Until we do something with it, it's not wisdom. So are we pursuing wisdom, understanding, new insights? Growth is the next one. So from the wisdom, that's what allows you to grow. If you're just hearing knowledge every day, not doing anything with it, you're not growing. When you do something with it, uh, you grow. I like to think of it as an upgrade. It's an upgrade. Think about when you have your you know, your phone, computer, whatever, and you do the next upgrade. You now have a new operating system. That's what we're looking to do. Gain wisdom from that, grow and increase and improve ourselves. And then love. This is the next training area. Love, is that the undergirding motive for all you do? I mean, un- unabashedly, I'm going to say, I hope it is. I don't know what is better or more fruitful or more valuable. It's my personal preference. Can't claim that that's a fact. That's what I'm striving for as the default for all I do. It's just love. At the end of it is love. And then last, self-realization. This is what it all relies on. Uh, We go inside first before we can truly affect the outside at a deep level, at a meaningful level, at a fulfilling level, at a sustainable level. You can go outside or go out. And I mean, I won a big bike races with no self-realization. Okay. You can get on the podium. You can win money. Uh, You're not going to find, I haven't from my experience, long-term satisfaction and fulfillment. I don't think any of the books on the shelves from the 200, 250 people I've had on this show here, uh, those people are there because they achieve some level of self-realization that they're now bringing to the rest of the world. I did a video clip earlier today out snowshoeing. So If you're on any of my social media, kevinmiller.co, you'll see, I don't know when it'll post, but in the coming days. I'm out snowshoeing and just had this epiphany somewhat on, he, uh, this is, he, Tendra talked about self-realization. I was talking about self-awareness and how valuable and necessary that is for us. But comparing it to self-focus that we can often pursue self-realization, self-awareness and fall into the trap of just constant self-focus. And there is no purpose in constant self-focus. We want to take our self-realization, our self-awareness, and apply it to other people focus on other people i think it's really important because it's a danger of personal development of self help of personal growth of self realization of self awareness of self of of therapy of counseling even is we can get to where we are consumed with self self focus that's where it goes astray and buyers with the internet's best converting checkout it's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms getting people to buy is not that hard at least to the buying point Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. That's where it goes astray. The destination here, according to Hitendra Wadwa, and I agree, is transcendence, being able to transcend the environment, the circumstances, to transcend conflict, to transcend unfairness. And injustice, which brings us to the next segment here, uh, which I don't think I even said it at the intro, but it really came out with six areas here. So that was your preface from Hitendra. Uh, number one, the enemy of that transcendence, one of the main enemies, we talked about this, it came up in part three with my brother, Jared, is justification. Justification. We always have these viable reasons to respond to the world, to what hurts us. Or to what bothers us. Again, it's an unfairness and it's an injustice. That hurt me. That wasn't right. I perceive at least that wasn't right. And we respond. We don't respond. Sorry. We react. We boom, react. Instead of pausing. And then appropriately responding. We react. You know, it's interesting. I watched a bunch of the movie. or Not movie. The show Suits. Okay. A lot of people. I I really watch so few um, shows because... I really would like to actually. I just, it's, I have a hard time keeping my attention uh, with a lot of the series, but I did get into Suits. Somebody talked about it and I watched it. I enjoyed it for a little while and then I just kept struggling with it. And I finally realized that it was so full of conflict. It was these adults with zero emotional intelligence uh, and emotional in- maturity. It was someone flying off the handle every 60 seconds. This is an injustice. You hurt me. You did this wrong. It was constant judgment of someone's actions. And it was a great depiction of no inner mastery, none. And again, I like some of the characters. I enjoyed the show to some degree, but at some point I I finally just gave up because it was just, oh, it just wasn't a joy for me to watch. Now, if you enjoyed watching it, maybe, uh, you know what? No judgment. How's that? But it just feels like that's the drama. We know drama sells. I enjoy it some too, at least on screen. But they had mastered, it was a a depiction, they had mastered the external world. They're lawyers. They're making millions and driving million-dollar cars, looking like a million bucks. They had mastered the external. But what we watched was their lack of mastery of the internal world. Even the ones who were better able to regulate their emotional expression were just seething under the surface, control while they planned their vengeance. They were teeth gritted. It was constant cause and effect. This person did this, so I react with this. That to me, you know, felt like uh, what became the central po- plot of the show. And this is media today. We're polarized. You did that. I judge you wrong. I'm justified to react with eye for an eye. We mentioned it in uh, the part three. Here's a quick story for you. It's called The Monk and the Baby. I couldn't remember what it was called. The Monk and the Baby. You can type this in. It's not a real well-known story. It was in a book that I read, I think, by Anthony DeMello, but it's The Monk and the Baby. Think about this. You ready? Here's a story. Once upon a time, there was a monk who lived in a village. One day, a young village girl became pregnant and was unmarried. She did not want to expose her boyfriend out of fear When her parents asked her who was responsible, she pointed her fingers to the monk. Her parents were infuriated. And the next day, the whole village turned up to blame the monk. How could you, dirty old man? You're a disgrace. Get out of our village, you hypocrite. Some villagers even threatened his life. After listening to all the conversation or all the accusations, what he said was, hmm, is that so? And he went back to meditate. Months went by, the young girl gave birth to the baby, and the parents of the young girl were forced to find a father for the child. The parents and the villagers went up to approach the monk, saying, You're responsible for this baby, therefore you should bring up the baby. Once again, the monk said, Is that so? He took the young baby in his arms, and he went back up the mountain. By this time, he had lost his reputation, but it didn't trouble him. He took very care for the baby. He managed to obtain milk and everything the child needed from its from his neighbors. After a year, the young girl felt ashamed and guilty, and she wanted to see her baby. She finally told the real story to her parents. When all the villagers came to know the truth, they all felt ashamed of having wronged him. So all of them gathered, went to the monk, asking for forgiveness. Once again, after listening to them, he said, is that so? And he handed the baby back to the young girl. Okay, that's... Obviously an exaggerated thing. If somebody came to my doorstep with some kid and said, it's yours, I'm not sure that I would just say, hmm, is that so? And take the kid. Big ramifications. You get the point though. And even if in the story, if the guy had, the monk had said, you know what, I got to question that a little bit. Let's discuss this. Um, But he still did it with the heart, with the inner mastery of not letting it ruffle his feathers. Can you imagine that? We look at that and we think, well, that's just inhuman. Yeah, it is. It is. It is inhuman. And that's the point here. Any of this self, this introspection of personal wealth growth is is inhuman. I mean, we listening to this, I don't know what the percentage of, but right now in the podcast world, if you're listening to this on Apple podcasts or Spotify podcasts, you're part of a very small percentage of people who are listening to something that's not just pure entertainment. Most are listening to You know the crime dramas and the comedy and the whatever again, which are not wrong, um, but they are not pursuing inner mastery. They're not pursuing personal growth. If you're like me, you're probably doing both. I want to. I want to do the other things too. I'm. I'm uh, most of my time on Spotify is listening to music, honestly, and as I as I work and play and have fun. But to think about that, could you be that person? It's you're not ruffled by it. Okay, that's all right. I'm not attached to that. Number two. We do not get taught this inner mastery. I think it's important to realize that we don't get taught this. It's not taught in schools. A lot of us don't have parents who ever knew. My kids got taught a lot of performance and they're able to perform and do well. They were not taught by me enough very much until later years inner mastery because I didn't know it myself. I was about outer mastery, which is, again, that's great. I want both. So I want to read again a segment, paragraph out of Hitendra Wadwa's book, Inner Mastery. He says, and he was talking about himself at Columbia Business School. We were teaching how to grow a startup, a product, an investment, or a new business, but we were not teaching how to grow your own self to your full potential. We were teaching how to direct others, change others, motivate others, influence others, and inspire others, but we were not teaching how to direct yourself, change yourself, motivate yourself, influence yourself, and inspire yourself. We were teaching how to lead everyone else, but not how to lead yourself. Man, I think about parenting, how much time I taught my kids to regulate themselves and behave well. And, you know, I mean, again, I don't think I was sitting there saying that now I was flying off the handle necessarily, but did I teach inner mastery, how to lead themselves, how to understand, how to be self-realized, how to understand their emotions, regulate them, deal with them. And I wasn't. I mean, again, embarking on this type of a journey makes you very rare, but true happiness and peace and fulfillment. Well, that is rare. It's reserved for few. That's not a self-righteous thing. What a, what a gift that somewhere along the line, we were privileged to hear this. There are so many people I have met people who have killed it in the business world. I mean, even that decent family life, maybe, and yet. It's not till later in life when they finally get an idea of me. I think there's something more. I've done all this stuff, man, but something's missing. We hear that so often. Uh, This is it, inner mastery. I've not arrived. I never will. On a scale from one to 10, who knows where I started? A two? And I was stuffing it. That was my inner mastery, just stuff it. Or not even be aware of the inner, inner rumblings. I'm now maybe, I don't know, man, how can he claim that? What am I, a five, a six? Somebody might say I'm a four. Who knows me? Somebody might say I'm an eight. But uh, this is a lifelong journey of self-realization. Number three. But uh, this is a lifelong journey of self-realization. Number three. We live in an externally focused world. talking about inner mastery. And it's not the focus of our world. We focus on external clothing. I'm going to put that in quote, clothing as an analogy. We, you know, the matrix, when Neo took the red pill, he comes out with his residual self-image, how he sees himself. We see ourselves primarily with a visual perspective, looking in the mirror. We want to know who am I? and We think about our gender and our sexuality and our hair color and our eye color and our height and our weight and what we wear and what we drive that's the focus of our world we mentioned in one of the show or one of the episodes here you know what it would be like if we just came as this orb in essence formless shapeless and it was just who we are at the inner part we don't even know how to function that way it reminds me of a movie i I think i made mention to this and i couldn't remember what it was it's the movie it's called about time i really like it it uh Oh my goodness. I can't remember who it stars. Okay. The movie's about time. Uh, you probably seen it. It's, it's not a new movie. And there's a scene in that where they are, it's kind of this dating thing. You come together, but it's done in the dark. So you can't see each other. It's So interesting that you couldn't judge uh, the external, what that person looked like. You could hear what they said, you know, their intelligence level, their responses, their voice, boy, you could tell whether was a boy or girl for the most part. Um, so interesting, though it's so hard. That's why it was unique. I put it in a movie because how unique to not know what the person looks like. Similarly, Donald Miller, I mentioned, I believe he went to a. It's I don't know how to. It's like a group therapy place or a therapy retreat called Onsite. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. It's run by Miles Adcock, who I had on here on the show many years ago. Donald went. He told the story in one of his books. It might have been scary close. The book's name is "Scary Close. And he went to this retreat. And for the first day, three days, I'm not sure exactly, you were not allowed to say what you do. And he shared about how he said it was was brutal. It's his identity. He wanted to tell people, I'm an author. I've done really well. And he couldn't do that. He had to just be a person. And that's, there you go. That would be a red flag if we couldn't show people what we look like or tell people what we do are, what do we do? Well, who are we then? What would you say? Hey, what do you do? And if you can't say what your vocation is, what do you say? Mountain bike, parrot, do the laundry. I, you know, again, who, who is the essence of you without the external? It's uh, we do, we do so much work to, ex, to express the external. A lot of times, I think the more that work that we do to express the external, it belies our lack of understanding of the internal. It's interesting to I me, mean, you look at monks to, to use that that analogy who shave their heads and wear robes so that they can't be judged. It's why schools, some schools, private schools will have the kids wear uniforms so they're not judging themselves. And we've had our kids go to some where they had very distinct socioeconomic and um, uh, uh, you know different races and whatever. They wanted a mix of that. They wanted the rich and the poor. They wanted all different types. It's, I think it's really cool. I mean, again, the external helps. I say all that. I'm not shaving my head and wearing a robe. Um, I do enjoy that, but we're talking about the spirit of it. Not whether you do it or not, but the spirit of it. Do you need it to know who you are and to tell others who you are? Number four, change. Transformation might be the biggest mastery. Might be the biggest mastery. If you're, if we focus on being the master of these things, but how about being a master of ourselves, mastering ourselves? Made me think of a master horseman who can get the horse to do anything. I know pets, this is just such a, you know, huge thing in our culture these days. And there's, uh, I've seen dog shows or, you know, the, I know the dog shows are happening. It seems like that's a really popular thing on TV or, or whatnot these days. And you got trainers who can make a dog do anything. Cat or you know whatever they do it's impressive how can how much can those trainers control themselves can they get themselves to jump through hoops to stop to go against their nature and do things you know i'm i'm a, a i'm a high level mountain biker i'll say pretty good on the mountain bike i can control that thing can i control myself can i control my emotions can I control myself in conflict and in intimate, close relationships? uh stepping on my toes. There. Why we talked? He tender talked about it. And my brother did the story of Ashoka, this great. Well, he started out as a warlord and then became a peace lord. Do we believe we can change? We think we've changed from the past. But do we look at ourselves today and go, I'm, I'm probably going to look back five years from now and think that I've changed. How about if I embrace that? How about if I desire that? Can I change my thoughts, my behavior, my beliefs I'm going to put it at the top of the list? And from that, my results. Well, you can. We've got a zillion stories of people doing that, but we often don't think that we can. We think who we are right now is just who we are. And it's not, which brings us to number five, which is this aspect of authenticity, Ashoka, warlord that went to peace lord he's still him but he was thinking differently now as he went from war to peace behaving differently obviously he wasn't cutting your head off he was honoring your head and he probably had a demeanor change i bet the light in his eyes changed a little bit his energy changed from rage maybe to peace but he still had similar propensities his voice still sounded the same still had the same vibration he probably still had some of the same Thought patterns of how he thought through things, analyzed things. And so he's still true to himself, but he's behaving in a way that's different. And what I would say, and what we talked about in episode three, I think, is that what he probably did is became his most authentic self. That him as the warlord in his transition, he became the self he really had the most peace, the, the most, it was the most natural him. So if you look at yourself now and think about change and question the authenticity, I am posing, we are posing through the series that we are all right now, not as authentic as we can be. We are trying to grow into our authentic self. That aspect of being true to the self is so interesting when we don't know who our self is, what our self is. All right, number six then, let's talk about the environment because we're talking about trying to be they have this inner mastery, no matter what's happening external. We, we talked in one of the episodes about Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. He was in a concentration camp. Not many people made it. He did because he mastered his inner world. Now, he didn't leave the concentration camp. And then say, okay, man, I mastered my inner world. I don't need anything. Matter of fact, just leave me in the concentration camp. I'll just stay here. Or take me home, but just put me in a box and leave me there. I don't need anything. He didn't do that. He went home and he had some great food and he got nice clothes and he slept on a nice bed and had a nice house and and did those things. And those things helped him even further uh, advocate for his inner mastery though sometimes i think i find i do believe i find the people with the most inner mastery are people who have overcome things don't think you have to go be in a concentration camp you don't have to go through horrific trials and tragedies um, you can pursue this work and do it but those things are acute ways of helping us get to that point crafting your environment the best you can to advocate for your inner mastery is it's is great i mean i was out in the mountains today It helps me with my inner mastery as opposed to, for me, again, not a judgment, but for me being in downtown, in the middle of a city with honking sirens and smells and uh, loudness and chaos and whatever. I, I need to be able to be in that place and take a deep breath and center myself. That's what I'm training for. But meanwhile, I'm not just putting myself through hell every day. So crafting our environment is is very valuable. I would recommend Dr. Benjamin Hardy's book. Uh, willpower isn't uh, willpower doesn't work. Very powerful book in crafting our environment to help us with our goals. So that's our six things. I do want to reiterate real quick uh, what the five area, the five core energies from from uh, Yitendra, Okay, and it is. This is your action item, pursuing purpose, wisdom, growth, love, and self-realization. Thanks for driving with me. Well, again, friends, thanks to Hitendra Wadwa and his new book, Inner Mastery, Outer Impact, How Your Five Core Energies Hold the Key to Success. That's the book behind me, blue cover with some white on it there. You can find it at Amazon or anywhere. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I look forward to meeting you in the drive tribe, hopefully our community for ongoing discussions about this episode and all the others and getting our drive in alignment, alignment, knowing what we want and knowing why you can find that and everything at kevinmiller.co. You can find me on social media and watch these shows on YouTube, see the clips and the reels from them on all social media, same place, kevinmiller.co. If you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You on Amazon. And until next time, I hope this episode helps you drive further and enjoy the ride. Yeah.